0: Relationship with Jesus is wonderful. It changes your life. Jesus is our friend. He's our savior. He's our king. And as we learned last week, he's our advocate. How how do you get a relationship with Jesus? How how do you keep this relationship with Jesus? And what does it look like? Well, first of all, we're going to look at the how. The truth is, is that the scriptures are filled with passages that talk about entering a relationship with Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the Apostle Paul writes, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we might be able to be made right with God through Christ. He's our propitiation. He's our offering. We have all sinned and thus uh, been separated from God. God loves us. God desires a relationship with us. And Jesus became that offering to pay our debt for sin and satisfy the wrath of God so that we might be redeemed and connected. Once we're redeemed, we do sin. And every one of you understand that struggle. But our sin doesn't kick us out of the family, but it does smother our relationship with God the Father. It it does squalch it. We can confess our sin, which cleanses us and restores us, enables us to walk with God. That's the beauty of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. But again, as we looked at last week, John's hope is that we don't sin or sin as much. We are going to go our own way. We are going to rebel. But realistically, that will hurt us. And it breaks God's heart. In today's text... John writes, if you walk with God, you will obey him and live like Jesus. If you say you walk with God and don't obey him or don't live like Jesus, you're a liar. (laughs) I've never heard a preacher preach like that. I've never heard uh, somebody come out and say it that bluntly but John did. These words should shake us up and I don't want anyone to leave while I pray in a moment. Let's dig in right after I do. Let's pray. Father God we come before you recognizing you are God. You are our Father. You are Holy You are righteous. You are merciful. You are compassionate. You are gracious. You are loving. You are just. And Lord, these adjectives just roll off the tip of our tongue. Some of them we understand a little bit. Some we don't get at all. But God, we want to know you better. We're so grateful for your love for us and for you sending Jesus. We ask today that you would open our eyes. We ask today, Lord, you would illuminate us. We ask today you would convict us and you would encourage us and you would inspire us. Your word does that, Father. And so we look to you this morning for that. We are so grateful that we could come together and we could praise you And we could adore you. And we could focus our attention on you. Because sometimes our life gets pretty busy. We each carry these burdens. We each carry these loads. And we'd like to drop them today. We'd like to hear your voice today. We want you to teach us today. Father, we pray this day for our missionaries, Mike and Wendy Lambert. Lord, this couple has been waiting a long time to get back to the field. He is so valuable for Transworld Radio. They need to make some different moves and even move in a different part of our world. We pray, dear God, you would encourage their hearts and strengthen them, honor them for the faith that they continually have in you. Raise their support. Give them what they need, Lord, and continue to use the ministry all over the world, the ministry that preaches and teaches about you. We pray for other churches, not only all over our world, but right here in our area. We pray, Father, for Casa de Erosion and for Grace Point and for Emmanuel. God, we know that these congregations love you And we ask that they would be salt and light. We also pray, Father, for our kids and our kids' ministry right now, for the teachers who are teaching, for the kids who are listening. We pray that they would see you differently. We pray, God, that you would change their little hearts and that they would learn to love you more and more and more. We thank you, Father, for our opportunity to open your word. Teach us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to 1 John chapter 2. We're only going to look at a few verses this morning. 1 John chapter 2. We'll start at verse 3. If you don't have a Bible, you can look on the screen behind me. And we can be sure, Pastor John writes... That we know Him if we obey His commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we're living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Have you ever had a DTR talk with somebody? You know the define the relationship talk. Sometimes it happens pretty early in the relationship. Sometimes you have this relationship and everything is, is going along well but some things seem a little bit off. Sometimes you're a little bit more serious than the other person. And sometimes you've been married for 30 years and you need to sit down to breakfast someday and say, hey, can can we talk about our relationship? Sometimes those talks go really well. <laughs> and sometimes those talks confuse you and you leave hurt and discouraged. Well, if you had a talk like that with God, or if God sat you down and had a talk with you, he would say something like, listening and obeying me defines a relationship. And John basically writes, we can be sure that we have a good relationship, that we're walking with God if we obey God. Loving our Lord means we're obeying him well. A good relationship means that you really, you're overwhelmed by his grace and his mercy and his love. And you just want to please him. We obey God because we get to. Because we want to. Not because we have to. You see, joyous obedience is a sure sign that you're connected with God well. Now, the opposite is also true, according to Pastor John. And that's where his words probably disturb you as they've disturbed me. A sure sign that you are not walking with God, that you are not connected to the vine, that you are not in fellowship with God, even though you're one of God's kids, is that you're not obeying don't say you walk with God but live a life of disobedience a life of disobedience means you're not spending time with him you're not in the word you're not talking with him and you're not being led by the spirit Pastor John says you're a liar and that you're not living in the truth because in the first chapter that we looked at John says God is light. There's no darkness in Him. And it's so hard for us to understand that God is light. He cannot have fellowship with sin. We cannot stay connected with God. So basically, those who obey show how completely they love God, and obedience shows you have a relationship. And and obedience shows that you love the Lord with all of your heart. Remember in Matthew 22, when Jesus was on this planet, some folks tried to pin him down and and said, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus just replied in Matthew 22, oh, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest of all commandments. What's the most important thing? love me. Now, if all this was not enough, John makes a bolder statement. And this is the one that I spent time on this week. And he said this, if you have a relationship with God, if you say you walk with God, Rick, You should live your life like Jesus. (laughs) Really? Really? Uh, It does not take long for any one of us as we open up the Gospels and we see how Jesus thinks, how he responds, how he acts, for us to say, all right, yeah, yeah. I have a way to grow. In some ways, we say, that's attractive. I'd love to be able to deal with people that way. I'd love to be able to forgive that way. I'd love to be able to stay all night and pray with God, my Father. I I don't know what I'd pray about all that time. But yeah, that, that would be something I would like to do. It's attractive. But in some ways, in our mind impossible well after all Jesus was God you can't assume that we are going to have all that ability right God you know our staff has been focusing on the humanity of Jesus as we enter the Easter season which isn't too far away we've been reading a book that Bruce Ware has written and it's called the man Christ Jesus we're learning and we're reminded that evangelicals, this church, for the most part, focuses on the divinity of Jesus, which is correct. Jesus is 100% God. But in the same breath, we would say, Jesus is also 100% man. <laughs> it's hard to understand. Even those that... that aren't that sharp in math know that how can you be 100% God and 100% man? It's a concept hard to understand. It's an antinomy where both of these things are true. We know that Jesus came to save sinners. Yet we also know while on earth he showed us how to walk with the Father perfectly. Now the good news is this: is that we all have the same resources available to us as Jesus, the God man, had 2,000 years ago. In other words, Jesus modeled for us how to live abundantly in a broken world, and our world is broken. It is. How do you have joy? How do you have love? How do you work through some of the pains and the heartaches of this world? Well, we can live abundantly. Bruce Ware writes this in his book, and I thought it puts things a little bit in perspective. He says this, think of it. Jesus relied on the word of God, and we too have that same divinely inspired word. Jesus relied on prayer, and we too have the full access to the throne of grace through the entrance that Jesus established on our behalf. And importantly, Jesus relied on the Spirit who empowered him to do the good things he did and to carry out the works God called him to do. And we too now have that very same Spirit. Jesus himself grew in obedience. In fact, Jesus obeyed his father. And I'm going to say something, especially if you haven't read this next text, that will get your attention. In fact, the God-man learned obedience. In Hebrews chapter 5, starting at verse 7, the author writes this while Jesus was here on earth he offered prayers and pleadings he talked to his father with loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death and God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God even though Jesus was God's son He learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest. And he, Jesus, became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Now this text is full, and we could spend a whole lot of time on it. But I'm going to focus on the obedience part. God the Father according to this verse, verses, used the difficult times, Christ's suffering to prepare Jesus for the ultimate act of obedience, which was the cross. Christ's obedience was not automatic as he was functioning as the God-man. He chose to obey using the same resources you and I have today. As a result of his continual obedience, at just the right time, Christ became the perfect, sinless sacrifice. Now let me remind you of something else. is that part of obedience is resisting temptation. The God-man Jesus did not fall to temptation. In Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 15, the author writes this, This high priest of ours, or Jesus, understands our weaknesses. He understands them. For he faced all the same testings or temptations or trials we do. And here's the bold statement. Yet... He did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Now actually understanding this I think brings me great hope and I think it brings you hope. A person devoted to the Word of God, to prayer, in reliance on the Spirit, faced and won battles of temptation. Remember the promise that Paul talks about over and over and over again. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And Paul writes this, So all of us who have had that veil removed, All of us who have come to faith, all those who are part of God's family, all those who have had the blinders taken off, can see and reflect the glory or mirror the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Let's get back to our text. People who walk with God show their love for God by obeying God. Obeying God shows you have a relationship and that you're in a relationship. People are liars if they say they walk with God but choose not to obey God. Let me get very practical here. It's not about our performance once you come to faith, once you're part of God's family. It's about your relationship with God. It's about your obedience. If we obey God, we're able to walk with God. We're able to have fellowship with God. We're able to stay connected with God. God's commandments are good, but our bent, my bent, is to go my own way is to do my own thing is to think for some reason God is a little bit slow or God doesn't understand I really know more than God so I do my own thing now to me life groups help us on this journey of listening to God probably best Accountability is one of the greatest benefits of doing life with one another, is to be able to wrestle with the scriptures, to be able to understand what God is asking us to do. In other words, in your groups or in your mentoring or as you meet with one or two or three other kindred spirits... And you talk about how God is growing you. And you talk about what you're learning. And all of a sudden, you talk about where God's convicting you. In the groups I'm involved in, we ask questions like this. What are you not obeying that you read this week? What have you repented of? after reading God's word and listening to God? Where is the enemy advancing in your life? Where do you feel you're losing ground? What bad habits are developing? And on and on. You know, the truth is this. Is that over this last year? As I look through the scriptures that I've not only read, but gone over with different people in different groups, I find that there are some commandments, some principles in the scriptures that are hard to obey. In fact, sometimes I need to be reminded over and over and over again that, hey, this is God's way. This is not Rick's way. Here are some of the commands that I have read and wrestled with groups or personally over this past year. And this is going to be a long list. This is not a list to beat up anybody. This is a list of just sharing with you how God has talked to me about different ways, and what to listen to him about. I'm just going to start over in Ephesians chapter 4, and I start at verse 31. And and verse 31 and 32 is enough. If I can just read this and just get through it, it's a big deal. Paul writes this, get rid of all bitterness. I got to stop. Am I bitter, Father? Lord, am I listening to you, or do I like holding on to my bitterness? and Get rid of rage and anger and harsh words and slander. Lord, do I want to obey you here? Or do I like talking about others? Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You you know, it's hard not to look at this and say, hey, wait a minute, Lord. You want me to do this? I'd really like to take care of this. I want to be in control here, God. And the list goes on what about seek first God's kingdom most of us know that so well wait a minute so you read that text and you just wait Lord how do I obey you here this was in on your sermon on the mountain Matthew chapter 6 seek first you mean put your kingdom first in all of my life father where is that where am I not doing this What do I need to change by your power and authority? In Hebrews chapter 10, do not forsake assembling together and encourage one another. Lord, do I conveniently get together with others or is this a priority in my life? The scriptures tell us, give. Give. Give of your finances in proportion of what you make, but give joyously and eagerly. There are points that we give our offering online or in the box or or whatever, and give to other, oh, I better do this. Oh, I got another nagging email. I better check out this organization. God gives us the ability to be generous. With others here's a command make disciples <laughs> we talk about this all the time make well, well what does that mean Rick oh, I guess we all make disciples different ways but realistically it's being able to share the good news be able to encourage others and scripturally saying teach others to obey is there time in your life? Even now, you're making disciples, or you're choosing. You know what? I, I don't need to do that right now. What about serving the Lord enthusiastically, or giving thanks for all things? <laughs> I, I remember just going around in a group. What haven't we been thankful for? <laughs> well, I'm sure not. Fa- okay. What do we need to do? Do we need to obey our Lord? Do you need to change our mind? Do we need to grow in our faith? How about do not complain? Well, uh, really, the Lord understands my situation. You should see who I have to live with. Do you know my boss? Come on. I'm just saying what Paul said in Philippians two. Trust God, trust God. You mean if I don't trust God, it's a, yeah, I guess it is. That, that's all. Fix your thoughts on good and healthy and pure things. You mean if I am delving at something on the computer that's not completely healthy, but it's yeah. In fact, the scriptures say, run from youthful lusts." And let me go through some of these others. Things that all I did was highlight in my Bible, sit there and say, God, I'm not doing well here. Would you change my mind? I'm not mirroring you very well. Speak the truth in love. Put on the whole armor of God. Some of us like to put on a few pieces of armor, Right? Study, meditate on the word. Let the word of God richly dwell in you. What does that mean? How often do I have to do that? Whoa, this is getting kind of legalistic. No, no, no. (laughs) No. God says, this is my love letter to you. Spend time with me. Learn. I, I will give you words of life honor your leadership let your words and actions be as a representative of Christ oh well wait 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 don't worry don't worry can I be concerned can I you can worry or be concerned But these are things, again, God's Word is sharing with us. Worship God with holy fear. Show hospitality to strangers. Don't love money. Don't be afraid. Praise God continually. Be joyful for trials. Don't grumble about each other. Don't speak evil against each other. Show mercy to those whose faith is weak. Don't harden your hearts when you hear my voice. Live peaceably with each other. Don't make light of God's discipline when God punishes you or me. Don't put that off. Respond. Be patient with everyone. Come on. Stay away from every kind of evil. Run the race that God gives you with endurance. Never get tired of doing good. Cling to your faith. Be faithful in marriage. Love your wife. Respect your husband. Be rich in good works and generosity. Never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. Teach truth to trustworthy people. Endure suffering. Use your money to do good. Learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Don't pay back evil with evil. Be full of joy, always. Stay alert and persistent in prayer. Pray at all times and on every occasion and carefully determine what pleases the Lord. You know, I look at those things. Things as I've been reading through. Things that I can't finish sometimes. As I sit there, Lord, I don't have this attitude. I I know I can't be patient with everyone. I can only be patient with those who are really nice. God, you created a bunch of really ornery people. How am I supposed to be patient with them? And we go through this. And what I would like to say is this is that God gives us principles because he knows us and he loves us and has given us the power and authority to listen to him. But we oftentimes justify or put things in categories or we read through the scriptures and skip over certain words. John is just saying this. You want to walk with God, you got to listen to me. It'll change your life. But you got to listen to me. Some of us even say, well, you know what, really, a lot of those lists, I do some of those. But you know what's deceptive is that partial obedience is disobedience. Let, let me give you just an illustration. And you can read this when you go home or party your devotions this week. But in 1 Samuel 15, It is an unbelievably stark story that God kept in his word. Let me give you just a brief overview. Samuel was a priest. He was a prophet. He was God's spokesman. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15, the story goes like this, is that Samuel, God's man, goes to King Saul. And he said, hey, I just want you to know, God told me this, he wants to settle the accounts with the nation, or with the Amalekites. And uh, Saul kind of looked at him and said, well, what does that mean? Well, the Amalekites, their time for judgment has come. And what I want you to do is take your warriors, your soldiers, and I want you to go into this nation, and I literally want you to destroy everything. Now, some of us will sit back and say, whoa, that's <laughs> kind of harsh, God. And, and it does feel harsh. But for some reason, this nation had sinned against God, offended God, and it was time for judgment to happen. And God says, I'm going to use Israel to do this. I'm going to use Israel to bring judgment at this time. So the next day, the scriptures tell us that King Saul gets up, gathers his troops, and goes into this country and does exactly what God says. Well, almost. When Saul got there, he spared King Agag. Plus, the scriptures tell us, everything that really appealed to him. In other words, he sort of destroyed everything. But if there was something kind of good there, he justified it and said, Oh, I I don't need to really listen to God. I'm just going to sort of listen to God. The scriptures tell us that that night God talked to Samuel. And this is a sad, sad commentary, but he says this God was sorry he made Saul king. And he used these words He said, He has not been loyal to me, and he refused to obey my command. Isn't it interesting? He probably obeyed 90% of what God told him to obey, but he didn't obey. The scriptures tell us that Samuel cried out all night to God, pleaded with God. And it doesn't tell us what he pleaded for. Maybe he was pleading <clears throat> that God would be merciful to Saul. Maybe he was praying that Saul <clears throat> would change his mind. Could, could you give me the water over there? But this is what happened is that the next day, Samuel, thank you. The next day, Samuel goes and visits Saul. And Saul cheerfully greets him. Hey, Sammy, how you doing? I just want you to know, whoa, we kicked butt the other day, and I did everything God said to do. And Samuel takes a breath. He goes, wait a minute. God told you to destroy everything. I'm hearing some goats, and I'm hearing some cattle, and I'm, I'm hearing some sheep. And and King Saul says this Hey I just want you to know Hey we kept all these To sacrifice to your God Maybe that's a clue Of his relationship right there You know He justified it But he called God Samuel's God And then all of a sudden I can just see Samuel But it looks like to me He started shaking He said stop Stop King Saul Stop Listen to what the Lord told me last night. He said this, I am so sorry I made you king. You have not honored me. You have not listened to me. And then Samuel looked right at King Saul and said, why haven't you obeyed? And King Saul responds like this. You would think, again, that would shake him up a little bit. But he goes, I did obey. Well, mostly. And then you've heard this line maybe over and over again. Samuel said this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Do do you get it, King Saul? Saul? Do you realize that obeying me 90% of the time doesn't work? I want you to obey me. That's where you'll find life. And you chose not to. And as a result, your kingdom will be given to someone else. You know, this has been a hard message. All week I've struggled. Lord, how, how do I share this? It's just something, again, that that you're working on me. I know you're working on us. Whoa. Whoa. Imagine. Imagine how differently we would act and think if each one of us grew in our obedience. It would change households. It would change workplaces. It would change our church. We do mm. sin and fail. We, we do. But John starts off and gives us an opportunity. To say, when you do, when you fail, you can be restored in your relationship. Confess your sin. Own your sin. Repent of your sin. Don't justify your sin. Don't tell God you do 90%. God says, if you want to walk with me, listen to me. Respond quickly. Don't play games with me. Because if you say you walk with me and you don't obey me, you're a liar. It's not true. You're going to be doing life by yourself. You're going to be trying to respond all by your lonesome. You need me. And you need a rich relationship with me. You see, this is not about trying to be like Jesus. It's spending time with Jesus. It's listening to His voice completely. And it's becoming more and more like Jesus because God is changing, chipping away the things that don't reflect our God well. As a relationship deepens, and we listen better. We obey quicker, and we mirror. That is a beautiful word. We mirror Jesus to others. As folks look at us, they will see Jesus more and more and more. You will forgive. You will be kind you will literally treat people in your marketplace, in your neighborhood, in your church, so very different. You just will. That's what old Pastor John is speaking to us today about. (laughs) This old guy. He goes, I love walking with God, John says. I love it. It is so good. I want you to have the joy that I have. That's what I want. But some of you, my friends, John writes, you're not getting it. You're not. You're not obeying. You're not listening to me. You're not depending on the Spirit. You're doing life by yourself, and you will never, ever, ever be joyful. Or just joyful when circumstances dictate it. The word and prayer continual to be critical in a spirit-led life. Oh. I hope you're inspired today. I hope you're convicted today. I hope you hear the inspired word of God saying there is so much more to life than focusing on ourselves and doing our own thing. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for Pastor John. God, he walked with you. He lived with you. And he's been encouraging people for 50, maybe 60 years to stay connected with you. And these, Lord, one of his last words, encouraging us to stay connected, to listen to your words of life. Oh, God, would we, would we trust and obey we pray this in your son's name